Aloha. So good to see everyone today. Uh, we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to experience the risen Savior. Lord, you're here, Lord, in our prayer, in our worship. And as we open up the word of God, Lord, touch us, fill us, transform us. So God, we need you more than the air we breathe, more than the life. Lord, you are the true bread of heaven, God. And so, Lord, we just honor you in this place. Thank you, Father, as we sang, truly, Lord, that ever be. Let your praise be always on our lips. And, Lord, you are the living hope as we declare, Lord God. There is so much joy and power and, and hope for tomorrow for all of us who know Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you that the light is getting brighter, not darker in this world. And so let the light shine here in our homes and all of us joining online. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time. So we are almost through uh, the Old Testament. And as I said, it's getting better and better. We're climbing out from the lowest of the lowest, rock bottom. So it's time to build again. Uh, I like to call the book of uh, Ezra Exodus Part 2. You guys know Exodus, right? When the Israelites were uh, fleeing the captivity that they were in for 400 years. Can you believe that? Uh, in, uh, was it 400? Yes, 400 years. In Egypt. And so this is kind of like that, right? They remember the story currently right now in the Old Testament is that the people of Israel were punished and they were cast out of their land uh, uh, involuntarily, right? They were taken captive and they were made exiles. And they've been in uh, Babylon for 50 years so far, right? And now it's time for them to flee or get set free from Babylon and return to Israel. That's kind of where we're looking at in the last six books in the Old Testament. It's a very exciting time. It's the turning point in a movie when things don't seem to go well and then all of a sudden something happens and then it's now all, all of a sudden turnover time. It's the same kind of feeling that we have in the, in the Bible and I hope that in your life it will be the same thing. Right? You would you be thinking, oh my gosh, things are going wrong, things are going bad, but all of a sudden, it's, it's not as you expected, and God is working in your lives. So what caused the change to the state of Israel? Right? Well, was it just a, a chance that happened? It explains to us in the book of uh, um, Ezra that after about 50 years of captivity in Babylon, Babylon was overtaken by this guy, by the Persian Empire led by King Cyrus. And so this guy... Um, Basically, he unified the nations of Persia, which is right near uh, Babylon. And remember, Babylon was a, a great uh, empire, but God empo empo empowered King Cyrus and the empire to take over Babylon. So new people are in charge. Okay, it's like uh, uh, not, not quite like when Republicans take over and Democrats or Democrats take over Republicans, but something bigger, like a whole nation, like Canada taking over America. Imagine that. Or Mexico or uh, South Africa. Right? I'm not saying these are going to happen, but imagine that kind of event would take a place. So now this king was different. He had a fear for God. And the, the, the king previous to him, uh, the Babylonians, didn't care for other gods and took up over all the nations, destroyed their temples. But Cyrus had a, a, a fear of God and said, now as we, the passage that we read, he said, you are now able to go back to your land. I'm sorry we kept you here for decades. We can go back and build your temples to God. Okay, so in this great opportunity, they are now, Israel has a chance to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. Amen. Now, what is Israel like right now? It's a desolate land, right? For 50 years, imagine if you leave a land for 50 years without really anyone living there. 
would it look really nice? No, right? In fact, some of the buildings, like in Hawaii, are really old, right? And you go to some areas, and it's like, wow, what's, this is so old, right? Imagine that times four, right? I mean, Hawaii has changed a lot in just the last 20 years, but think about 50 years of a land where no people were, no infrastructure, no all the palaces, cities destroyed. The question is, who wants to return? Would you like to return to a desolate land after 50 years? As we read Ezra, we realize that there still were a minority of people among the people who were captive in Babylon that wanted to go back. <clears throat> These people, remember 50 years. Who's 50 years old here or, or older? Oh, you're, you're Sam. Oh, you're so young. Okay. So imagine all of your life, like everything you built, now you have to leave it behind again. And go to a land that you have no idea about, right? 50 years is a lot. I, I'm not even there. Who, anyone in the 40s here? Yeah, okay. John, you've lived long, right? You know what I'm saying? But even, yeah, I'm talking to you, John. You look young too, okay? We, we're all tricking each other over here. But in this place, right, there's a minor people when they finally, when the King Cyrus said, go back and build your temple and worship God. They said, you know what? I'll do it. I will leave my home, my businesses. I know I'm going to have to forfeit it all. There's, there was no international banking at the, account, at the time. You would have to start all over after 50 years, right? And they went. Let me put that in perspective. How long has Korea been divided? Does anybody know uh, how long Korea has been North and South Korea? How many of you guys think it was always like that? It wasn't, okay, for the young people here. Okay, it was 1945, about 77 years ago. So that's about the time that... Israel was in Babylon the whole time. It's a long time. But it's not so long that you forget it happened, right? My, my grandmother uh, came over from North Korea in the war. Uh, she passed away about three years ago. Uh, but her, my, my, my um, uncles, they actually lived in North Korea. Right? So it's totally possible. But think about maybe Korea is a little long, but Cuba. And has anybody been to Cuba before? I've been there. I lived there for two months. My dad is a missionary there. So if anybody wants to go to Cuba... Not because the Cuban cigar, but just Cuba itself. Talk to me. Okay, we can, we can go. It's open. You can, you can go and check it out. It's really amazing. It's like the, it got stuck in the, in the 50s. All the cars were those like Ford, you know, those huge metal like steel cars, you know. Anyhow, when I was there, they, they, were, they became communists in 1965, which is about 57 years. So that's just about the time that the Israelites were away from Israel. That's a long time. But again, not long enough where you forget, right? So some of the people who were actually taken out of the exile when they were kids remember what Israel was like. So these are the people that said, you know what? I don't care how bad it is. I'm going to leave everything. I'm going to go back and I'm going to build a temple and I'm going to worship God. So those that still love Jerusalem and their hometown, they leave Babylon to go back to Israel. And in the, in the book of Ezra today, in chapter 1, says 42,000 people and about 7,300 servants went. And then what's amazing about Cyrus the Great is that he didn't just say go, but he, in fact, he, he went to the, his own temple, and whatever the king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had stolen, he says he gave back to them 5,400 articles of gold and silver that they took from the temple in Jerusalem. So plates, uh, priests, uh, spoons, all these kind of things, uh, all the wash basins and all that. And then it says that the, as a people of Israel gathered together in this good, uh, exciting moment, and they asked people to give an offering, right? They said, we're going to go back to Israel. It's been 50 years. We're going to build a temple where we used to meet with God and worship. 
Okay, and they said, let's give an offering. And they gave them a thousand hundred pounds of gold and three tons of silver for the work of the rebuilding of temple. So it's interesting that Israel wasn't just suffering and dying in the, for the 50 years. They were actually prospering, right? So anyhow, they get to go back. And as they're building the temple right away, they start with a foundation. It took them about two years. Okay, back then they didn't have non-incorporated or, you know, heavy like bulldozers. So everything was hand, hand cut. You had to cut the rocks and test it out, all that kind of thing. And as, and as and expected, the foundation, once it was set, it went into space. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, you can go back to that slide. And it says that they worshiped God in that place. It's beyond the surface there. Take a time, time to break. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, what will you do when you're 50 years old? Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, yeah. No idea. Okay, that's good. Don't worry. We'll, we're, we're, I'll, I'll show you what we can do, okay? So here it is. The foundation was set. It looks pretty shabby, right? You can't, no roof, but at least they could worship God, right? Imagine we come, let's say all of us for some reason got exiled to, where should we get exiled to, guys? Just let's uh, be creative right now. Where, should, where do you guys want to be exiled to? New Zealand, okay? Let's just say New Zealand just got really angry, came to Hawaii and said, hey, this is our land, took us all there. And we come back in 50 years and Nary Chapel is destroyed, right? All the steel is rotted and kind of. So, but once you make the once you make the foundation, we're like, let's worship. Justin, who's at that time going to be uh, 70 years old, Justin? 70-year-old worship leader, okay? Justin comes up here and leads, and Becca, you know, yeah, yeah, you'll be there, okay? All right? And so they say, it says, this is what it says in our passage today. It says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. Let's read this all together. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. One more time. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. Now, it says this. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy. And it says, no one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Indeed, it was the most exciting thing that has happened to this nation in 50 years. And you get a mix, right? The older folks remember the beauty of how Solomon created. It was a wonder of the world. It says that the whole temple was so uh, supernaturally built that they, it was silent. The whole construction was silent. You cut the rocks, huge boulders, far away, and you drag it, and you lay it without sound. Because that's how perfect the, the, the wisdom that Solomon had. But anyhow, that beautiful thing was gone, and they're like, oh, this is so shabby. It's like, they're like, they're happy, but they're so sad that the old temple is gone. But the young people are like, yeah, we did it. You know what I'm saying? But it's a beautiful moment that they had. And I wonder if this is going to be like us on March 25th when the indoor mask mandate is it's done. Are you going to be shouting? Right? Amen? Anybody? Or are you going to still put it on? Okay. Yeah, you can, you know, whatever you want to do, don't worry. You're not forced to take it off. If you want to put it on, 
put it on, but at least that the freedom is there. So in Psalms 126 captures this moment. We read it earlier right after praise. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, this is talking about this moment, 50 years after the Babylonian captivity, we were like those dream. It's like they saw something that they, they never thought would happen. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with jo- songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, people are like, wow, this God of Israel, he's not joking. He's not just a, 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 a imagination, right? It says they say the Lord, which means Yahweh, the God of Israel has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And here is a beautiful uh, one of the most beautiful expressions of this joy it says, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Streams in the Negev was where they were, like Babylon. Lord, make it even greater than that was. It says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This is an expression of the people realizing God is not dead. And God is powerful. He is able to keep all of his promises. You know, because by, by the year 49, 48, you're like, oh, man, you know, let's just forget about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, he's pretty good, but he's not, I don't think he's that great, right? I mean, this situation, Babylon's not bad. Let's just stay here. You know, in fact, uh, Cyrus is the new king. He's kind of cool. Let's just forget God. But no, they realize, no, 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 God's not dead. We're in the plan of God. We're right in the middle of his will. So this is kind of where the people of Israel right now are in this exciting moment. And so the book of Ezra was this guy standing up. He is actually a priest. Why is Ezra important is he wrote this this history because he, while he was in uh, Babylon, he didn't let go. We wouldn't have these stories. We wouldn't, in fact, I'll show you guys how important he was. We wouldn't have the return of the Israelites to Israel without Ezra. He, while everybody was just kind of like forgetting God, getting used to the new normal, you know, just living the life under oppression, just as a slave, just saying, okay, at least we're fed. You know, we don't have our own homes, but, you know, we'll let Babylon take over our life. We'll just offer our freedom. Ezra studied the word of God. He was faithful, and he realized And he was able to teach and he was able to lead the people of Israel during this time of their return. So he becomes a hero in the return to Jerusalem. In fact, if you have your book, uh, the Bible with you, you look at the table of contents. You might be wondering, Pastor, I thought we were at the end of Old Testament. How come right now we're back in the middle? Ezra is in the middle. And the reason is this, because Kings was written by Jeremiah before the exile to teach people, hey, even though you're in exile, don't forget your history. Okay, so the first and second Kings is history. But then I don't know if you ever read it, but first and second Chronicles is also history. It's like repeating itself. If, I don't know if I do, but I got kind of uh, frustrated. I was reading first and second Kings, and I read first and second Chronicles, and I'm like, wait, is the title wrong? It says the same thing. Because same history, but Ezra wrote it after the 50 years because he was telling these people, now that we're going back, I want you to remember. So anyway, it's a very important guy in that sense. But here is the problem that I want to discuss today. Even though the Israelites were so excited for this freedom that they've been given, right, that they were longing for. Imagine you were stuck in North Korea for 50 years, right, and finally someone said you can go back to Seoul where, where it's, you know, I don't know if you guys know about Korea, but Korea has great food, amen? Yeah, Korea, and it's cheap and all that. Samgyeopsal, you know? 
and you know, you haven't had Sangyas for 50 years, and you go there, and you can go finally, you're no longer under Kim Jong-un's power. But then here's the problem. You'll be thankful to God, amen? Definitely, right? But let's see what happened to these Israelites. What could have gone wrong? If I, I mean, the Psalms are saying that everyone was rejoicing, everyone was happy, but it, it says in our, in our passage that two main issues came up. First of all, the question I want to ask you really is, if you were the Israelite in Babylon, in 50 years, you bought a home, you probably got married, and then you have a business, when God gave you an opportunity to go back, would you go back? Maybe some of you guys said, nah, nah, I'll just, I'll just become Babylonian citizen, you know, like become to an immigrant country, whatever. The question is, will you want to return to where God has planned for you, or will you just be okay with the new normal that you just accepted, right? Kind of like, you know, pandemic, I don't know, you know, people are not going back to work, right? In fact, they're either quitting or finding new jobs that they don't have to be in an office space. Anybody raise your hand? Kind of like in that, in that movement, yeah? Okay, you might know some people who are. But here, the problem with the Israelites is that it wasn't easy, right? Even though God said go and then all the money, they had everything. They had the people. They had the leadership. They, everything was ready. And they went there. They had two main issues that came against them. Number one was an outward opposition. As soon as they arrived to Israel, guess what happened? Who was there? Not the Israelites, but the nations that for, for, for hundreds of years were enemies of Israel. The Edomites, the Ammonites, the Canaanites, right? The Philistine, right? Even the Egyptians, they saw that this large number of Israelites are coming back. And they're like, what's going on? And they're saying they're building their temple again. And they're all now having a flashback. They're having an allergic reaction because they realize this God of theirs was so powerful that they were all uh, uh, dominated during the time where, where the temple was in, in power. So anyways, these neighbors, these old enemies came and they started to disrupt this process. So as they're trying to build this foundation, they said, hey, we'll come and help you. But actually they were here to accuse them and to slow down their building. In fact, guess how long it took? The enemies were so strong and they in fact made some letters to back to Persia where, where Cyrus, after his reign was done, uh, another, man, another king called Xerxes was, was in power and they told him all these lies and he made them stop. So in fact, the, the foundation we just saw remained a foundation for 20 years. That's some serious like lawsuit that's happening. In fact, like I remember when my dad was in a um, missionary in Dominican Republic, we built a, 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 a a school there, and because of some people who hated the work of Christian work, they actually did some lawsuit and they took the land. I don't know if anybody has ever ever had something like that. You really invest something, you build a land, you buy some property, and because of lawsuit, it gets stuck, right, for many years. That's what happened to Israel. So they got afraid and they backed off, and later we'll see in the other books like Haggai and Zechariah how they stirred them up. But imagine like now you're thinking just about it's, it's God is with us and we're going to make this happen. But then all of these enemies come at you. It's kind of like, you know, COVID is gone, right? But imagine, would you still come to church if now because of another a variant, now this time it's a Chinese dry market, right, or some fungus. And now they're saying to come to church, we're going to poke you or we're going to poke both of your nose every time. Would you guys come to church, really, if you have to endure that suffering? I remember in Korea, I hate this poking. Uh, they, they go all the way, and then I was like the only guy crying. 
and they, I had to do it like three times because I couldn't stand it. But when I did it in Hawaii, like, it was so nice. It was like, they just like, I, th- I was like, is that it? You know how I'm talking about, like, the way that Hawaiians do with a lot of aloha? But anyways, imagine such a pain. If you haven't got tested for COVID, let me help you. It's very painful. But let's say that it's supposed to be freedom, but then all of a sudden these enemies come. Would you say, you know what, let's fight? Or would you say, you know what, fine, I'll just stop the process. And I'll just let it be. But it's sad because Israel, as they lost heart, even though they were so happy and praising God, they all of a sudden got discouraged and they stopped the work of God. So it's like halfway to Seoul from North Korea and the, and the, and the, and the pork was just, you know, three miles down the road and they stopped at two miles down the road. But this outward issue, right, it gets resolved later. But then Ezra comes in a time where not only was there an outward opposition, there was inward problem. The book of Ezra was written over 40 years, right? And by the time he himself went to Jerusalem, it was already been 80 years since temple was, was built. So here comes Ezra, and the people finally got over the, okay, the opposition, the, the outward opposition. It kind of got resolved, right? And then the enemy stopped, and then the temple actually got built. And for 40 years, it's been, it's been operating, and Ezra goes there, and he's expecting people to live according to God's way, but he finds that they're living in sin. And Ezra's like, what is going on? Don't you guys realize that because of the same sins you're doing now, we were exiled in Babylon, and now you're back in Jerusalem, and you haven't learned your lesson, and you're doing it again. That is our sinful nature. We, never, we can never improve. No one can overcome our brokenness. There has to be a help that is not self-help, right? Jesus Christ didn't come to earth and say, hey, guys, do better. Try harder. He says, let me help you. So anyways, as, a, as what, what Ezra found is that the Jews, they start to mingle. The people around them finally said, okay, let them have peace. But instead of them defending their faith, these people started mingling now, making friends with them, and actually getting married with them. And not only just marriage is fine. But now they're accepting their ways of faith, their idolatry, their detestable practices. The same thing for which God was angry about, they are doing it again, right? But friends, this is where the, 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 the word of God makes sense because we realize it's never been about us doing good, right? It's never about us changing our own ways on our own. It, is, it shows us it is impossible for you and I to change our sinful ways. So then what is the hope that we have? It's no longer just uh, trying, doing again. Imagine if this thing happened over and over again, right? Because actually it did happen over again. God forgives them and they do the same sin. God forgives them and they do the same sin. God forgives them. It's like an endless cycle of curse upon humankind. Outwardly, inwardly, stopping the work of God. That is why. The Bible does not end in Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament points to something that's going to happen in the New Testament. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And the reason why he came is to not just help us get better, but is to make us new. Okay, Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus makes you new. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because God knows we on our own selves, by our own, we will never improve. I don't care how many pandemics come and you say, oh, I'll never do this again. Or, or man, I'll never, you know, whatever. You will do it again. <laughs> but the only hope that we have is when God, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and he works in us to give us a new heart, all of a sudden we're changed from the inside out. On the outside, we may look pretty much the same, but in the inside, we are completely new. And it's a daily process that we experience. And the key was in the passage that we read. This is the hope we have to hold on to. When in Ezra, when the Cyrus first gave him the permission to leave, it says, Then the family, heads of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, it says, Everyone whose heart God had moved. How did the people come out of Babylon? Because they said, you know what? I'm just going to be faithful to God. I'm just going to wait to God. I'm going to go back and build a temple. No, no. They were just not even thinking about God. But all of a sudden, by his sovereign mercy, he moved their heart. And that hasn't stopped. God is so good because once you say yes to the Lord, he says, I will transform your heart. I will make you new. I will transform your family if you let me do it. Right? So Ezra goes to these people. He's the one whose heart has been changed. And there's a beautiful scene when he arrives in Ezra chapter 4. He gets all the people together and they declare a fast. And they say to them, friends, this is not by our power. We need the help of God. And so that time of moving and praying, we have to find how can I get into a place where God can move my heart. That's why this worship is so important. The songs we do, it's not so you feel great. No, it's to give you a chance for you to open up your hardened and broken and dark heart and say, God, here I am. Help me. Move my heart. Change my heart. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have our, um, uh, even our fellowship, encouraging each other. The point is that we cannot, we will not harden our heart, but say to God, Lord, change my heart. So this is now going, as I continue in this uh, story of how the Israelites eventually were able to rebuild Jerusalem and their nation. I pray that there will be, that you will be joined together into a season in your life where you're building your heart again. Okay, because without a new heart from God, everything you want to do, everything you hope for in this life, it's not going to happen. Without God, there is no hope for any of us. But the thing is, Jesus has offered himself so readily, and I want to give us a chance today to say, God, change my heart to become like you. The Israelites, I'm going to give you guys a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. In fact, this temple that they were building, guess what happens to it about 700, uh, 600 years later? It gets destroyed again. <laughs> but in fact, Jesus prophesied. Jesus says that destroy this temple and I'll build it again in three days. And they all laughed at him like, you're crazy, man. This thing took like hundreds of years. But what Jesus was saying is he's done with this human effort. He's saying that I, by my blood, I'm going to transform each and every people who believe in him. I'm going to make them my temple. I'm going to fill them with the kingdom of heaven. And the power of God will be directly connected to you. So wherever you go, the kingdom of God, the heaven is with you. So friends, open up your hearts uh, in this time as we uh, pray and respond to this word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, Lord, we can learn from these stories. Uh, you used the Israelite people to show us 
both how evil, how broken we are, but also how much you want to save and transform us so that we can become like you. God, we want to be radiant in our life. We don't want to be given away. We don't want to fall short of the good things that you have for us, the plans that you have to prosper us to, to, for our good, Lord God, to give us a future and a hope. That is the truth, Lord God. Help us today as we see the life of the Israelites. Let us not return to our old ways. Even as the pandemic is hopefully passing through, Lord God. Help us not to just return to the same way, but help us to move forward. Help us to move in a different way that we have never gone into yet, Lord. So open our hearts today and help us to know you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. To respond today, um, I wanted the praise team to sing a song. That really speaks to this moment because I wanted to give you guys a chance today to ask the Lord to change your heart. Uh, it's a song called Created Me. It's an old song, so Justin didn't know. So with his permission, I'll lead it. Is that okay? All right. Uh, let's just take a moment today to really be uh, like Ezra and, and the folks just in a place where we say, God, change our heart as you wish.
in this time, I want us to uh, have a moment to respond. You know, the word of this song says, and give unto me the joy of salvation. Salvation is not just God forgiving you, but it's the Lord making you born again, transforming. And that's going to be a lifelong experience, but that is what we need. That's what we're asking the Lord. So if you feel like you're like those, this story of the Israelites rebuilding the temple, this is your story. This is your chance. That though you may have been in captivity, the Lord's saying, I want you to build a place where you will be free again. And so if like the like Ezra and the people who went to rebuild this, if you want to rebuild your heart and your spirit and your family and your workplace to reflect Jesus, I'm going to invite you to stand and I'm going to sing this song. But make it your own prayer. Ask the Lord to transform from the inside out. He will not forcefully do something against your will. But take this moment to invite the Lord. Say, God, have your way in me. If that is you, I want you to stand as we song. sing this together. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a bright spirit within me. was not clear but I do hope that at least one more than one person in our congregation wants to have a new heart amen uh, I will just take it as if you're sitting down you're not ready but that's okay uh, but really just just take a moment and say God I don't want to be stuck in captivity I don't want to bring Babylon with me to your promised land the person that is sinful the person that is just broken I don't want that person to mess around with my future that's what I'm asking us to do today Lord as you're standing in faith, what you're saying is, God, I pronounce my sinful nature dead in Christ. It's a decision you have to make. What we're saying to God is, Lord, you dying on the cross, that was for my sinful nature so that I will not have to live in bondage. I want to be living my life as a child of God. I want to live in the kingdom of God here on this earth. Simple prayer. If that is you, just stand in this time. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living. 
Sisters, isn't it a good news that we're not working for this temple, we're not working for this new heart. It's something God formed. Because He knows the heart that you destroyed, the, the life that you destroyed, the resources you wasted. He's saying, I have, I made it new. And it's new every day. Because why? Because God's riches, His power, His grace is endless. But let's not be like the Israelites going around again and again, the same rat trap and the same spinning the hamster's wheel of being forgiven and doing wrong before you. But let's live a life where we break that wheel, that the hamster wheel and say, God, let's go together. I will take hold of this new spirit you've given me. I'll take hold of this new heart. I'll take hold of this new identity, this new purpose you've given me, and I'm going to live. And like Ezra, I'm going to be devoted to you, Lord. So this moment, just take, reach out your hand to where you are. And just receive from the, just take, imagine you're taking the heart that he has created for you. A heart that's alive. A heart that's not restricted by fear. That's not restricted by anger, by lust, by the powers of greed. A heart that's free. That's what he wants to, that's what he purchased for you on the cross. Receive it right now. Receive it in the Spirit. Father, as you were promised, you will pour out love by the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, God, you make us strong. You make us powerful, Lord God, because it is your work that's done in our lives. So God, as we journey with the Israelites back into this redemption period, help us to in our own lives to rebuild that which is broken, the foundations that has been shattered. Lord, thank you. Thank you for breaking down things that need to be broken down so you will build what is new. I pray that the new thing you're doing in everyone's heart and their families will be amazing and beautiful. And we cannot do it without you, Jesus. So we thank you, Father God. One last time, sing this verse again. Lord, me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Create in me, create in me a clean heart. me not away and cast me not away from thy presence oh Lord and take not thy Holy Spirit from me every day Father, we stand before you uh, in this moment, grateful of who you are, what you have done. Even though just like the Israelites, uh, we have nothing to boast about, nothing we are um, able to say is worthy of you. But I thank you. That does not matter anymore. You made up your mind. You died on the cross. You said, I love you. You said, I created you and I'm going to buy you back. Whatever it costs, I give my life on behalf of you. That will never change. But Lord, let us not be like the Israelites who are halfway there, just taking a break. But help us to be like Ezra who say, no, all the way, let's have the full will of God take place in our families. Help us to not give up like the Israelites did. Help us to build upon the foundation of Jesus. Let our lives be powerful and mighty together in this community. Lord, help us to build together your kingdom and the power of your salvation, your gospel, Lord. So we're asking, Holy Spirit, we want to wrestle with our heart. And we say, Lord, it will worship you. We say to our soul, rise up within me and praise the Lord. All that is within me, give blessings to the Lord. Bless his holy name.
Thank you for the gift you've given us, Lord God. We go from this place to seal the work you've done in our hearts. As your word says, nothing can separate us from the, from the love of God, neither height nor death, nor, nor all things in creation, neither angels nor demons. Nothing can take us from the separate from the love of God. And so, friends, if you just stand in this time, I'm just going to send you guys off uh, with a word of prayer, a uh, benediction for you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. His face, his, his eyes have never left you. And he's waiting for your return. He's waiting for you to willingly step out of Babylon and rebuild the glory of the kingdom of God wherever you are. May the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace and prosperity. Shalom in every aspect of your life. Miracles, I declare, over your heart as you trust in Jesus. May the Lord give you a new heart of boldness, a courage, a heart to forgive, a humble heart that says, I will serve and I will pour out my life for the glory of Jesus Christ. May that be your inheritance and the heritage, legacy of your family your workplace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you guys very soon in the hymn conference. God bless. And take